Okay, so we are three weeks in on our new series, or this will be the third week. And what are we looking at now? Yes, all those things are true. So we are looking at the fruit. Oh, I shouldn't go that far over. Otherwise, our virtual people can't see it. Yes. Um, Galatians 5 is where we are. Yep. We did look a lot at a lot of verses last time. Um, so, what was the first week? What did we talk? What did you talk about with Levi? The first week. Yes. Okay, yes. And what are you free from? The British. We are, yes, thankfully. We don't have to say God save the Queen or anything like that. <laughs> Although you are free to. What are you free from? Free from In the broader scheme of life. Oppression. Of what from what? Oppression? Oppression from society. Uh, closer. Whenever he says oppression, I start thinking the Great Depression. They have similar sounding words. So what are you free from? You can look at it in Sorry. Galatians if you want. It might take you a minute to find it. You'd probably be better off just thinking about it. Me too. Okay, that's a good word. What kind of bondage? The yoke bondage. What? What kind of bondage? Sin. Okay, that's closer. Yes, sin. Um, what? Because we're born as sinners. Okay, right. You are born as sinners, right? And what points out that sin to you? What lets you know when you've committed a sin? Conscience. Yes, that does. That's a very good thing. Um, not exactly that. It could be that if you are, if the if the Holy Spirit speaking to you, but your conscience is also something that God built into you. It's an in yeah. innate like your thing. Alone. Like your what? Well, you, that is built into you, but it, your conscience isn't something that you can pinpoint in your brain or anything like that. So, what point lets you know when you've sinned, other than your conscience? How do you know what Guilt. is right and wrong? Yeah, but what if I just have, I don't know, I just hit you, and you're like, what? why'd you do that? And I just said, consequences. And then I consequences. Well, that doesn't really tell you, right, what you did wrong. Yeah, you just said consequences. Just so you know, I wouldn't hit you if you did something. So what tells you? You're going to be like, oh, yeah. What tells you? God. 
What? Closer. It is in the Bible. Okay, yeah. The Ten Commandments, or laws, right? Laws, rules, tell you. There's no law that says that. That men can't hit women? Yes, there are. Is that just moral? It is just moral. So that... Like, I didn't think I was... We don't want to get too far down this road, because that's not what we're looking at. But there is... There's, like, an overlap of what is... You sometimes called, like, natural law. Something where everybody in all cultures agree that it's wrong to murder... To murder someone, right? That's That would be considered, like, a universal... Not ultimate sin, but it is a pretty bad sin, okay? Um, Technically, in some countries, that's fine if you're ordered to do it, which I find is wrong. Well, we're not going to go into that tonight. So, let's focus. Let's focus. So, when you are under law, that means that you are, that if you have broken it that you are bound by it to face the consequences of going against that law okay the consequences and punishment is what's going to come down on you now when you're free from law that means you cannot be forced to act according to that law okay so which would you like to be would you like to be under the law or free from the law? Free from the law. I'd like to be under the law. Free from the law. Because also under the law and I'm not going to get stabbed. But what if you break the law? Well, don't break the law. I'm under the law, so I shouldn't break the law. But can you do that and not break the law? Yes. God's law? Wait. Oh, that one. I thought we were talking about Guys, no one could be perfect. No. Okay, right, right. So we think about it a little bit more. It might be good to be free, right? Yeah, like that video that said, keep going and one said drop down. You can't always follow all the laws. Right, okay. So either you've never committed offense or in order to be free, because that would be a way to be free, right, from the law would be you never broke it, which nobody can claim that. But the other option is that somebody takes the punishment for you, and then you like are free from it. Yes. Yes. So, what does this have to do with the fruits of the Spirit? Why did ta- Paul talk about this stuff in chapter 5 before the fruits of the Spirit? Yes, that's true. Good, good memory. Yes. Okay. Um, because that, and he, with that, he is pointing to that if you, if you do the things that the law tells you not to, that you will devour one another. Okay. Um, let's go to Romans chapter five or chapter eight. Sorry. This is another letter by Paul. A very good letter, um, considered it's called oftentimes the Roman road. If you want to understand what it means to be a Christian after 
once you have made the commitment, this is a good book to chapter go through. Five, nope, sorry, chapter 8. I misspoke when I first said that. Chapter 8, verse 5 is where I want to start, to verse 10. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay, let's pause right there. What is it saying? What does that mean? Yep, what do those two verses mean? Aim your thoughts towards the Spirit and not towards the things of this world. Yes, very good. Okay, let's continue. Because the carnal mind is an... an, an Enmity. Enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Okay. Go ahead, Abby. But, so what is carnally? What's that word for? Carnally. That's your flesh, your body, things Skin. that are tied to the world, the physical world around you. Okay, those are carnal things. Um, when they say a carnal sin would be if you murdered someone or if you... Um, Yeah, just just anything that is um, something that you are tempted to, like, with your body. I don't, I don't know how, how else to try to explain it, but if something that would be a sin in the spirit would be if you were, to, would be a sin against God, um, like if you were, let, let's think of the ultimate one, like Satan. He rebelled against God. He said, I am greater than God. That would be, that's a spiritual sin. Okay. So like how the kings used to think they were better than God, saying there's no God. Yes, that would be a similar thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, what is Paul saying here? in these verses. I know it's a lot and we know Paul, he likes to pack a whole lot of stuff in that would take you days to unpack. But what is the gist that he's trying to get at? He's saying that if you prioritize the things of this world over the things of heaven, then ultimately that's the end of your life. Okay, and what are the things of heaven? What, Otherwise, what are those? Well, it's the goal Okay, having a relationship with God, and how do you have that relationship? Can you sit down and have tea with Jesus? Okay, praying is a part of that. And what are you trying to do? What kind of a connection are you trying to make with God? Yes, that's, yep, all of that, but how is that conveyed? Through what method? What, it's not through a telephone line or us talking, but, or even through telepathy. How does it happen? Uh, 
It's a spiritual connection. That is, that's our way that we can connect with God. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't, he's not in control of everything physical. And he can use those physical things to, um, to interact with you in your life. But it's still, you're building a spiritual relationship with him in the end. You made a mistake. You said, tell, you said telepathy, which is with your mind. Thank you. I think you understood, though, what I was getting at. Thanks for the clarification. Okay. So, um, as long as your spirit then is tethered to your body, okay, you cannot separate the two right now. You can't say, I'm going to get rid of my body, get rid of all those carnal temptations. You are still. You are going to have that struggle between you your spirit you just have to and your body. Yes, but that would that would why not be a good why thing. Why do you think when you dig someone back up, they end up all bones? Okay, let's not get sidetracked, though. All right. You're going to continue to have this struggle between your carnal, your fleshly desires, and your spirit, okay? And um, it's that your body, your brain, all those things that are natural desires for you are going to constantly be trying to pull you away, and you're going to have to bring them back in check. Okay, have you, has anybody here ever, you probably all have, done a three-legged race? Yes. No, I've never, I've done a, a jump, like, okay. jumping watch of two people. It's actually so, a three-legged race. Three-legged race, right, is where... I know what it is, I've just never competed in it. That's them, their legs being tied together. That looks strange. Okay, ready to do the three-legged race, okay? <laughs> Except, in this three-legged race, this is your spirit, and this is your flesh. Okay? Tied together, can't be separated for this race called life. How are they gonna even finish this race? Working together. Coordination. Okay. How how are they gonna win? With God working together. Working forward. All right, with coordination. All right. Now. And determination. Have you ever seen the races where there's like a really big guy and then like the kid? And they get tied together. Yes. What ends up happening? <laughs> he just grabs the kid like this and just runs the whole way, right? And beats everybody. Okay. So 
So potential is that what you should be doing when you're so, steering your foot? Let's think about this, right? Because we talked about like the little guy. That, right? We talked about you feed two sides, okay? So what if we decide, which side should we feed? The, the spirit. The spirit, all right. And we're going to... Is he going to get muscles? Oh. I get muscles? Damn. <laughs> He's going to get all his muscles, you know. Big Ooh, biceps. You know, big biceps. Strong, shoulders. Like all right, be really strong, and he's going to say, nope, Flesh, you're just going to go the way I want you to go, and we're going to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay? You're going to say no because I can't, because most of the time, you can be like, the kid is a football, I'll just run. Yeah. I mean, you want to be, you, whichever side you feed is going to control the direction of this race. Okay? So, now, there's another way that it's described in the Bible, just besides your spirit and your flesh, and that is that there is an old you and a new you. Okay? The old you is the flesh, and the new you that's been awakened or quickened, as the Bible uses, to made alive is your spirit. Okay? Because your spirit is dead. What killed it? Flesh? Yes. Sort of. Sin. Alright, remember Adam and Eve? What was the promise to Adam and Eve that would happen if they ate from the one tree? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, God told them not to do it, while the snake said, so you will get death. death, right? And they ate it, and. and well, their spirit, their spiritual side, died. died because. God can't be in the presence. God out of the garden and destroyed the garden. Yes, God cannot. Listen, listen. I know you know all that stuff. I'm trying to get a deeper part of it. Sin, when sin is there, God cannot be there. He cannot be in the presence of sin. So when they allowed sin to come in and they were cut off from God, their spirit died. That's what happens to your spirit. If it's cut off from God, will die. Okay? So, God be now that your spirit is awakened, you can start feeding that spirit. <clears throat> yes, by being in contact with God. Like right, almost all the time. So, um, last week, we're still in review, by the way. <laughs> Why? I know, I tricked you, right? So, last week we looked yes. at love, right? Yes. yes. What's the key to love? Um, someone caring and compassion for one another's. Yes. Oh, yes. Serving, right? Even if you're mad at them. Yes. What makes, what makes a good servant? Always be loyal. Ahead, no, ahead of the... Ahead of the... Ahead of the... Ahead of the... Okay, yes, Audrey's remembering always, yes, being ahead and thinking ahead of whoever you're serving, so. Yes, like like how you meant, like how we mentioned strategy and being two steps ahead. Yes, yep, two steps ahead. Okay, in order to do that, though, what's your attitude? 
Oh yes, yep. I do remember that. Yep. Okay. What it's one word. It's about who is the most important. Them. Them, which means that you are humble. Selfless. Selflessness. Now that's related. Humbleness. We will get to humbleness in our fruits of the spirit. Okay. It does, yep. Because that would be the opposite of selflessness, is if you have pride and then you're selfish. Okay. So, I wanted to uh, add a caveat, a addition thing, because I didn't want you to be... Nope. Which is like a little side note, okay? I wanted to be clear on the emotional side of love. I didn't want you to get the impression that that has nothing to do with it or that that's worthless or that that's bad or anything like that because emotions are good, okay? They come from God. He made you to have them and to feel them, okay? I'm not just talking about the emotional... Uh, love as an emotion, but there's other emotions that he made you to have. He made you to feel sad. He made you to feel even angry sometimes. Okay, because remember, in fact, God has emotions. Okay, he has these same, a lot of these same emotions that you do. Now, does it have one main question? Yes, fightfulness. No, it's fight, anger. There's a difference. They're not the same. Spite would be a anger when it's done wrong. Like somewhat hatred. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, so here's the problem with us in our flesh side. Just listen. Don't have to add something with every word I say. We try to have, we want to, especially with love in the culture that we live in probably all cultures have always been like this but ours especially that we want to have just the emotion side of love we don't want to do all that other work and all the stuff involved to do it right we want just the emotion all right we just want that feeling of love and when you when your love is pure, it's because you are following God's design. And then the emotions will follow correctly, and they're not going to be hollow. Okay? You're just seeking after the feeling of love. It will, its satisfaction will be hollow in the end. Okay? All right. So this week, we are going to look at... Joy. So it's a lot like happiness. Yes. All right. So, and you have you have a great advantage. Okay. You can actually go to the church's website. You guys all. I'm sorry, but for the rest of you, you can go to the church's website, and you can go to the archives. And the adults just did this in Sunday school. Three weeks and enjoy. So, so there's no lesson tonight. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. 
but you can go and you can learn much more about it if you want to, all right? So, joy. I like words, I like their meaning. I really like anything to find out the meaning of anything, um, if you haven't noticed. But in general, I'm interested in the meaning behind things. And along with that, I'm interested in always finding out what you guys think the meaning of things are. So what does joy mean? Is what? Okay, okay. A lot of. Yes. So, a lot of things that Felicia said was true. That happiness is a part of it, but she said joy is greater, and I will agree with that. Okay, it's definitely because you could say, um, "This Ritz cracker makes me happy." Yeah. But. You could say it makes you feel joy, but. Um, maybe the Ritz cracker would make you feel joy if you hadn't eaten all day and that was the first thing you had and it just tasted amazing. Okay, it's like a, it's just definitely a step above, but usually you don't say you found joy in a cracker. Okay, it's yeah. usually reserved for things that are higher. Okay. Did you have something at me? Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay. Anything else? How about this? What if I say um, that a person, this person is full of joy? Now, when I say that a person, a specific person is full of joy, did you picture somebody in particular in your mind? Like uh, I just a person Santa. you know. Yes. I just picture Santa Claus and someone Levi. Okay, that's good. Well, yeah, so I I have some people that I picture in my mind when I try to think of okay who is joyful that Levi. I know, and I have a few. Um, one of them was a guy at our church in Georgia. He was one of the... They didn't have a pastor down there, which was not the best thing. But they had people who rotated who taught. But he was one of the main elders down there. And if you were see him, he was not a big guy. He was a smaller guy, but the kind of guy that you were like, he can work really hard, like just looking at him, you could tell. But he was in his eight, early 80s, so he's an old guy, but you could tell that he was still going strong and had white hair, but thinning. But really what I always picture anytime I think of him is just a beaming smile on his face. And he was always extremely happy to see you he always had, um, it was more, because I don't want to just say a positive attitude about things. Of course, that that helps, but 
It's more than that. It the was. Sort of the smell of hmm? the smell of light. Hmm? Yeah, he did. He took. He found joy just in living. Okay, and there was a reason for that. Of course, was because he was a uh, amazingly strong Christian who went through a lot of terrible things in his life. His his father abused him, and well, his. I take that back. It was not his father. It was his. Um, mother's boyfriend that lived with them was abusive to him and his other siblings and to his mother. That sounds like my Yankee Heather. And he lived in poverty through much of his life until he became an adult and and, um, became quite successful in construction. But he went through a lot of terrible things in his life, yet he was always happy because he had, really because he had Christ in him. Um, another person that I always think of that I can't help but think of is Mrs. Olson. Yeah. Mrs. Olson is, and anybody, any of you teens can attest to that, especially if you were in her class these nights when you were younger, but... She is always joyful, no matter the situation. And as an adult, you can see more that there are times where she might not feel, be feeling the emotion of joy. But she'll be showing. But she has a, she knows that this, whatever the thing that isn't good at that time isn't forever. And she knows that there are good things to look forward to. And we're going to get to some of that more. Um, And there was another... I always thought there was nobody else like Mrs. Olson. But, and there still, of course, is nobody like her. But I did find a close second in Georgia that was... That she was... Sarah and I would always say, she was the Mrs. Olson at that church. So there are other ones out there just so you know, but they are hard to find. And some people say they're a rare breed. Yes. <laughs> um, so if I were, though, to pinpoint what joy is, okay, is, and this would be more than just some dictionary's definition, because I looked up joy in the dictionary. It's eh. just like an emotional like happiness. Yes. Feel. Exactly, and it's just like okay, yeah, but it, there's more to it than that. That would be that might be a good thing. So I would say that it makes you say it makes you say about them they are different. That'd be one thing that I would add in that when they when somebody has real joy that people will say or think to themselves. They're different. They reacted to that situation differently. They had a different attitude about that. And that there is something bubbling up from in them. It is something that they that cannot be contained at that and that is just bursting. bubbles up out not bursting like, but more like a bubbling spring where it's not like old faithful and just shooting out, but it's bubbling out. Like just Rolling out, okay? So, I have another test for you. 
if you want to know, if you're trying to, to um, determine who in your life is a joyful person for you, think about this. Is there someone that you are always glad to see coming? That you're always glad to see them coming your way? Or if they were to knock on your door at the most inconvenient time, you would always be happy to see that was them? No. No one? No. Just live a little bit longer, Evan. <laughs> There, there probably is. You just need to think about it more. Or give it some time. So, and that person is probably, it, or sorry, probably is at their very core a joyful person or a happy person. Hopefully, hopefully he's not listening, but for me, it's Levi. Okay. So, um... We want to know then what the source of joy is, right? That would be important. What's it does come from deep within, okay? So obviously, what would be the obvious logical answer considering our topic and what verses we've been reading? Yeah, the spirit, right? This would be the source of joy. Okay, but what what does that mean? What is that enough to just say, ah, I have the Holy Spirit, now I have joy? Is no, that enough? No, it is not. It can not really be enough, though. Because no one is perfect. What do we need to grow, we need to grow from our spirit. spirit to grow the fruit of joy? What needs to grow? Love. What about it, though? There's different aspects. What There's parts of you and actions that you can grow yes like love okay love is a part of it right and I said that when we talked about last week that love really seeps into every one of these fruits of the spirit you can't have the other ones without love all right that that's the greatest one yes that's part of it um, <clears throat> so I thought about this some, as you might have guessed since I'm talking about it, you know. But this was one that it wasn't like it just popped into my head, oh yeah, I already know that answer. I had to think about this some, because it's not as elusive as love, but joy is one of those things where it's hard to determine what, what brings it about. And I thought about when do I feel joy when do I feel that a, a real joy not just like the happiness joy that we talked about that's good okay that's a good one now for me I really thought about it and I thought well one of the moments in time when I feel the emotion that comes from it is when I wake up with a song in the morning like it's that's the first thing you wake up and you got a song there, and especially to me when it is a song about God. And this week, one of the days, or in the past week, one of the days I woke up and I woke up with the song that you guys did at Easter that Levi sang. He's alive was in my head. 
Don't, tell, don't ask me why. I have no idea why that was in my head. I, that was the, the first time I ever heard that song was this Easter, so it's not like it's one that's way back there in the memory banks. But And we're almost as far from Easter as you can get. We got like another month and a half to be. So why I thought of that, but I did. And I probably listened to, well, I listened to the Dolly Parton version, which is a pretty good one. It's like a little bit... Levi's is the best, honestly. I've listened to quite a few around Easter time I did. But Dolly Parton's is pretty close. And since I can't listen to Levi's yet because the CD's not out, that was a close second. But I think I listened to it about five times Why making coffee. Well, they don't have it yet. So um, listening, I listened to it probably about five times making coffee that morning. And then I was... Singing it, you know, you can't help it. I, I was singing it pretty much all morning. It was in my head. And it was, um, it really, I was really feeling it that morning, you know, really feeling the joy of that song. And do you know what I was feeling when I was thinking about the words in that song and feeling the... The spirit of that song. What do you what do you think besides joy? What emotion was I feeling? You could have been feeling somewhat of understanding, like you knew maybe somewhat understood it, which most of the time when it's relatable, people understanding have more joy. Okay. When you understand the meaning behind something that helps, yep. But what else? There is sorrow, and that's what's great about that song, is that there's sorrow at the beginning, but then there's great joy at the end. That makes the joy like that much more. But what what's like almost the purpose of worship? Because that's what that really is, right? When you are feeling the joy of a song about God, what is the purpose of worship? Um, your emotions are part of it. That's helpful. Now, I won't say this is the only purpose. Sorry, I should have said there's a few purposes to worship. Um, now, the, mu- the music can do that. The, the words in it, the ideas, but really worship is something to God. It's not to other people. It's from you to God. Okay. That's close. You're good. You're on the right track. Gratefulness. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like when you're happy, someone knows something. Right, because that's what that song is about. It's about it. It's about well, the whole song's about Peter, right? It's from Peter's point of view, but and about how he he betrayed him, how this was the worst thing that could have happened, how he is afraid now. Right, and the, but then the greatest part is at the end when he sees Jesus and he the, and he is so excited that he's alive, and it in the song it talks about how Jesus's arms are open to him, basically that Jesus is accepting him back, okay, and he is and he's grateful. 
before that. Okay. So I was, for me, I was feeling gratefulness in that. And, um, Sorry, I couldn't read what I wrote down there. <laughs> so, when you've got joy, right, then you, one of the things that comes from that is, like I said, gratefulness. You're grateful, okay? Um, what are you, what are, in this context of being grateful to God, what are you grateful to Him for? For my life. For your life, for salvation. Um, what do those things, though, that God did those things for you, what does that come out of? What emotion love. does that... Love, right? Okay, it comes from God's love for you. Okay, so you're grateful for love or... Um, and remember, this comes back to serve, right? Because this is like, and it sounds kind of weird, but God is serving you. And we see this with Jesus when he did the example of washing all of his disciples' feet. To say that, I, to become, and says, if you want to become the greatest, you must serve, be the servant of all. Okay? And Jesus was the servant of all. So, and then... When there is great love that's, that's around and you are feeling love, you're around people that love you, you feel joy, right? And then you want to, and then you're grateful to those people. And it's like, it's a constant, like, building, okay? And I think of, if you're not convinced of the tie of joy to love, maybe another song will help you. Well, I think of... Yes. Yeah, but that's just me. You could say that's just me saying that. So I'm trying to convince you that it's not just Isn't my that opinion. Also yes. So I'm getting to that. So there's this another song that you probably all know. The I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Yes, deep down in my heart. But what's the other verse then? Okay, yes. Right. I've got the wonderful love of the blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Oh, yeah. Right? The really fast part. <laughs> there are a couple of verses. But I was... So all those things are wrapped up together. And this shows you, you can't... It's so hard to separate these fruits of the spirits from each other. Because I... And... I'll mention a few more before we get to the end that we're going to get to there tied up in this joy. So when you receive his gift of love, you will begin to feel grateful for the weight of the burden of the law, right? We talked about the law, that he's lifted off of you. He's made you free to act however you choose. And... <clears throat> Yes, however, I mean, you can... Yeah, 
you can. You can sin, and you probably will sin. I know I will sin again, but that's, that's the burden he's lifted because he's already paid for those sins. Okay? And the more you realize this, the, and the deeper you realize the meaning and the, and the, um, the pain that he had to go through, and, but then the deep love that he has, the more that joy grows in you and wells up enough that you have to sing, okay? And I will tell you, I am not, I'm not a musical person, okay? I, did, I took piano lessons for like eight or 10 years total, and you know how many songs I can play on the piano? I can play like four or five songs, but they're all ones that I've taught myself in like the past few years. Because I forgot all of them. I can't just sit down and like read music. But that doesn't mean just because you're not good at music doesn't mean that it doesn't speak to you or that that's not a good way or a way that joy will come out of you in the way that you can express. Well, hey, whatever you got, right? So... This is, that's a thing that is a good way to express joy, a way that you can see the fruits, um, the fruit of the Spirit within you. Now, remember when Christian in Pilgrim's Progress, we're going back a little bit, remember when he came to the cross. This is another example of joy that I thought of. When he comes to the cross, he gets the gifts there at the cross. He gets the scroll. He gets the seal on his head and the new clothes. All right. So, yes, that comes later. But before we get there, he he um, he's been given these new gifts and the new clothes, which symbolize the new person. Right. The spirit is alive now. And there's a picture, um, I don't think I showed it to you, but there's a picture in that book that I brought along with me, an illustration of him right after he receives his new clothes and his bright clothes, and he's running down the road, and he's jumping in the air and clicking his heels together. Yeah, that's like a perfect example of the joy that he's feeling. I thought of that. Sorry, just throwing that in there because um, it was just a great illustration of the joy that comes from promises that God gave him there. Because he promised, you are forever now one of my children. I put that seal on you. He gave him a scroll that was, do you remember what the scroll represented? Uh, God, Jesus, an invitation, love. He needed it to get into heaven. Oh. I, yeah, this was a tough one. This. Like an invitation. No, no. no not quite. Like, it represented something um, like uh, like how it was one of our children inside the seal. Was it love, joy, like, peace? It was, it, did it represent something like peace? No. Eternal no. rest? No. no. It was, was it like the good things he's done? Like, not the good things he's done, but like... You're close. You're so close. It's the good things, yes, God has done for him. God's promises. Yes, but more importantly, promises fulfilled that God has already done for him. So, so here's the thing. 
I'm not. Was everything going to be sunshine and roses from then on for Christian? No, in not his life? everything was sunshine and roses. Right. But th- this is where you get to where the, this is the way, a way for you to have joy despite what is going on around you. Okay? There are a lot of things outside of here at this church and at as Lands Acres, when we get together, that are not very happy and joyful right now. There's a lot of things out there, just the way things are going on in the world, but that it's kind of so nice coming here and things can be happy and joyful yeah, and like it's great with with every right, with everybody. And but these are the things that can help you to have joy in those other situations, okay? And that is God's promises. Not just the promises he's already fulfilled for you, but ones to come as well. Um, what are some of these promises? Um, no more sorrow. I remember there's something new like this. Okay, when do you get no more sorrow? When you go to heaven. Yes. Which is one of God's promises. When you come to heaven, there will be no more sorrow, no more pain, streets pain. Okay, what else? What other promises? It's important to know them, you know. If you're going to remember them when you'll you're not feeling so great. Everlasting life. Okay. One of his children. And then Evan said eternal life. Okay, either one is good. Same thing. What else? Forgiveness. Oh, that's a good one. So forgiveness. That's good, right? Especially when you're feeling like a failure, when you messed up. Yeah, like to remember that you're forgiven. Yeah. Okay. There, there's lots more. I here's one that is a promise that I think of a lot that has been applicable for me many times. Sometimes I will wake up in a, on a morning, during the week usually, not on the weekend. Weekends are good. And I will, as soon as I wake up, I know uh, I have so many things I have to get done today. And there is more things that need to be done today than I can do in one day, than I can do in two days, three days, maybe even four days. Yikes. And I need to do them all, or as many of them as I can, and I just feel so overwhelmed and beaten down, and already, when you first wake up, you feel tired and drained. And... But here's, here's one thing, and I will admit that I don't always think of this, but when I do, it helps a lot. That I think of Isaiah chapter 30, verse 41. Which is in the Old Testament, before Ezekiel and Jeremiah. 30, 41. All right. Oh, wait, sorry. What did I say? 
Um, I must be 4031. Sorry, I wrote it down wrong. I transposed. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Whoever won. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And shall and they shall walk and not faint. Okay. That's the one that I like to think of. And what is even more helpful than just thinking of it and just reading it is I pray about that one. I pray and I say say about talk about how to God you promised that this is what you will do for us that if we trust in you that you'll renew our strength that we'll walk and not be weary run and not faint and those are promises that you can talk to God about and you can say, this is what you promised and I trust that you're going to help me do what I have to do. It might not always be what I picture in my mind is what has to be done or that I'll feel the way I think I should feel, but it helps you through what you need to get through and he'll help you through that. Um, so... In these promises, you can find joy knowing that he's going to be there. Knowing that there are better things that he's promised that are coming. And um, the other thing that this leads into, like I, like I said, that all these spirits tie together is, and we'll get to this one, but contentment. Okay? Being content with what you have being content with where you are, with the situation that you're in at the moment, that will bring a whole lot more joy to your life than always being down about where you are at the moment. Yeah, like, I don't want to go to the store today. Can I just stay home? Right, right. Be content with what God has given you, where he has put you at, and... Remember the promises that he's given you. Um, and you're saying, you might be saying, well, I didn't see contentment as one of the spirits there. But you will see that there is long-suffering or patience. And part of patience is being content with where you are. And the greatest probably, well, there's probably some other great ones. But one of the ones that pops into my mind anytime with contentment is Paul writer of this letter and he said I have learned that wherever I am whatever situation I am in am in, in to always be content to always be happy it means that you are satisfied with where you are you're not looking for something better or something greater it doesn't mean that you're not still working hard or always trying to improve but you are Satisfied with where God has put you at yes, that time. Like, I don't want, like, um, saying I'm fine with the salary I have. I don't want to try for a hard one. Right. I'm good at what I'm doing. Right. And if you may remember the story in Acts of Paul, and he had his one of his um, his own, you call it, disciple with him, Silas, 
and they were arrested for preaching God's word and put in prison. And what were they doing in prison? They were singing. In the middle of the night, in handcuffs, chained to the wall, they were in there and they were singing. Probably singing psalms right out of the Bible that they had memorized. They were singing about God. And all the prisoners around him heard it. The, and he got up to one of the, um, the head prisoners. Yep, and there was an earthquake. And they didn't leave. They stayed there. Yep, but he came to be a Christian in that. Because, and I guarantee you, part of that was the joy that he could see that he saw in Paul and Silas. That was one of the convincers that he found in them. So, we will next week continue on with another Fruit of the Spirit. Maybe in order, maybe not.